A short disclaimer before I get into this particular episode. This episode will provoke ah, some unhealed parts of you as a parent or as an adult whose childhood was traumatized. I don't have any kids. (laughs) And this isn't coming from the perspective of a parent, but from a little girl who was hurt by her parents. I'm giving you the experience of what your child could possibly go through. So don't at me. (laughs) Also, if you are my parent, this is probably going to be a little hard for you to listen to. Um, Don't you at me either. (laughs) I will be holding up a mirror to mm, what childhood trauma has done to me. And if the shoe fits, I want you to stomp around in that motherfucker like all day long. (laughs) I would like to say sorry that I'm not sorry. Respectfully. Let's start the episode. This is Natasha, and you are now listening to Let Me Touch That, a place where it gets pretty real, without all the office jargon. Who wants that? (laughs) Ah, If you are not here to hear the truth, or my version of the truth, then this is not the place for you. What problems are we trying to solve here? Nothing. Enjoy. Happy holidays, everyone, and welcome back to Let Me Touch That Podcast. I am your host, the excited Natasha. (laughs) This time of the year is my most favorite time of the year. I am, I go cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs when it comes to uh, Christmas. I overbuy gifts, I over-decorate, and I am that person that will creepily look at you, open your gift, because I know that it's the exact gift that you wanted, because I listen to you throughout the year talk about the things that you wanted, and I am a creep and realize that you didn't get them yet, so I bought them. And knowing that I am that perfect gift giver, that's why I look, stand in the shadows, Watch you open it up. And I make you open it up slow. Almost sexy-like. Just so we know that you're going to open it up and be the most surprised you have been. Because you would be like, wow, I said this way back in February. Well, an elephant never forgets. So <laughs> I heard you. And you got your perfect gift. Um, anyway, if you have not liked, subscribed, commented, rated the podcast please go to your listening outlet and do that. Um, We would greatly appreciate it. Um, I have a very good excuse on why you guys didn't get an episode last week or you didn't get an episode on time this week. So hear me out. I have been working on some new business ventures and new opportunities for the new year. I have been getting my affairs in order for this new and upcoming and exciting things coming for 
my business. Um, I've been getting together authors for a book that we will be writing. Um, this podcast is going to be taken off on a different level. And uh, I just started a nonprofit called Manifested Gifts, and it's going to be super exciting. Um, remember in the episode three uh, with uh, Healing Your Soul, if you have not heard that, go back and take a listen at that. I talked about how to heal your soul, and when you do this, it would open you up for new and exciting things. And boy, am I getting an abundance of blessings for 2021. That year is going to be my year of reaping of what I have sown. I have planted so many seeds this year and in the new year myself and some people who have believed in me and are coming along for this journey will be harvesting with me. I'm a firm believer that I don't make it to the top alone and people I am taking to the top with me didn't know how blessed that they made me in just giving me secrets and becoming a better therapist, boss, and future psychologist. I am low-key trying to contain my excitement because I know that this episode is going to be very, very deep, but it's super, super hard. Anytime I think about like everything that's coming and how it's supposed to come. But anyway, let's get into what you actually came for (laughs) in this particular episode. Uh, Once again, it's going to be a heavy one, but is needed. Since we are going into the holiday season and some of you will be spending time with your parents or grandparents, I wanted to continue on this journey of healing that I started the last episode. Like I said, if you have not heard The Soul Healer, then you might want to go back and start with that one because it's almost a continuation of this one. Um, And we're going to talk about parents healing your children. I know you read the title. That's exactly what we're going to talk about. If you have grown children and you are trying to figure out why they are not handling life well, or they are looking good on paper but are battling some type of trauma, I hope that I can be a source of clarification. Some trauma you caused. Yeah, I said it. You caused it because you did. Knowingly or unknowingly, it left a scar. Now, on episode three, once again, Heal Your Soul, I mentioned how your children can prepare for what I am about to recommend doing during this time. And that is healing your children. The feelings that we have towards our parents can be a bit complicated. What we feel about them really depend on how they treated us when we were growing up and how they continue to treat us today. Also, we often go along with how the world tells us we should feel towards our parents and caretakers. Let me explain. If you had loving, supporting parents, you loved them and appreciated everything they did for you. It gets more complicated for us folks who had parents that were less than ideal. If they failed us in some way, neglected, rejected, or abused us, We grew up with those lovely emotional wounds and unmet needs for love, care, and validation, which then affected how we feel about our parents as adults. 
Bad things that happened to us when we were children usually lead us to believe that it was our own fault. Society, mainly in my case, Christians, um, (laughs) tells us to, you know, be good to your parents. You only have one set. And children, children, they typically blame themselves for any problems by the, that's um, normally in the parent-child relationship. Rather than us holding our parents accountable for how they treat us, we will take responsibility for what happened and then try to change ourselves in order to win that love that mommy or daddy were unwillingly or unable to give. I found myself guilty of this very thing. So I found myself trying to prove this to my dad and biological mother most of my life. Now, I'm going to refer to her as my biological mother because I also had a stepmother that was in my life for a very, very long time. So as we know, we already know what biological is. This is the woman who shot me out (laughs) back in 86. She shot me on out. So this is who I'm talking about. Um, Anyway. I accomplished so much in my life and neither of them uh, congratulated me or said how proud they were or even how great to have daughters, as my sister and I, in their life that never gave them problems. My sister and I, we, we pride ourselves on making it without our biological parents' help. Matter of fact, we waved that motherfucking flag. We'd be like, yo, look at us. We made it without these motherfuckers. <laughs> We did it on our own. Like, we didn't need them. We we take so much pride in it. But this was a pill I had to swallow that was a big, fat one that tasted nasty as hell. I hated it, but I had to swallow it in order to move on. Listen, so when I was little, I used to think that my parents hung that goddamn moon and stars and even woke up with Jesus to raise the sun. <laughs> I... I then grew up and started to learn that uh, when it came to my parents, they ain't shit. Like, seriously. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to put that out there. They ain't. Neither one of them is. <laughs> Neither one. I was mind blown to learn all of the stuff they did to each other and to my sister and I. My sister and I are trying to create a new narrative for us, not to spite them, but in spite of them. Yeah. What children don't realize is that when our parents hurt or reject us, it has nothing to do with what's lacking in us. It has everything to do with their inability to love and accept their children. Yeah. So as the children, It's way easier for us to blame ourselves because it's preferably to facing the unthinkable fact that our parents have let us down in a major, major way. This has to be one of the most painful realizations to come to terms with, actually. Most people would rather do anything than to accept this particular truth. Not only is it painful, guys, it's also humiliating. Having that uh, hurtful or inadequate parent (laughs) causes us to feel that shame. I remember I would lie about how great my dad and my mom was. That's wild (laughs) when you think about it. When it's 
actually, they didn't do a good job, like, at all. <laughs> when I look back at that shit, that shit was a fucking tornado. They didn't do a good job at all. And li listen, so before y'all come at me, I don't want to hear, well, they put clothes on your back. They fed you. They made sure you went to school. Anyone who has a responsibility for a child has to do that. It's the law in this country. I don't know if you guys have read up on it, but it is. <laughs> you can go to jail for not taking, taking care of your kids. This isn't Africa. Like, like, it was a choice for them, you know? Like, no, they didn't have a choice to do those particular things. But please don't send me your excuses for them. Like, seriously, don't do it. Miss me with the bullshit. <laughs> I'm sorry to your granny um, if she's listening, because I did say that, you know, parents and grandparents and everything should listen up, you know. Um, I don't know if your grandkids told you, but they should have told you by my mouth. It's pretty bad. <laughs> Even when we come to our senses that what we went through as a child was never about us being failures. We just don't like the idea of admitting to other people that we grew up with parents who were hurtful or rejecting. People who grew up with a poor attachment to their parents have a much harder time letting go as adults. They tend to, um, I'm going to say we. <laughs> we tend to over-idolize our parents and have enmeshed relationships with them in adulthood as they try to sweeten it. And finally win the exclusion approval of mommy and daddy. I've been watching a lot of The Crown on Netflix, so you might hear some, some British shit going on. <laughs> anyway, um, the more our parents neglected or rejected us as children, the, um, the more we seek their approval through trying to please them as adults. It's different ways we show it. We won't bend over backwards or anything, but we will do something for them we lied to ourselves and said we wouldn't do. See, loving parents, what I've learned about loving parents is that they create confident, self-loving adults who won't accept mistreatment from anyone. You know what's wild is that I had to create this person for myself. Going to therapy actually helped with that. Yeah, take your tail to therapy. <laughs> take your tail to therapy. Listen, therapy helped me in so many ways. I still go. I've been going to therapy now for almost like a year and a half straight. <laughs> and I don't, it's not an every week type of thing, but I definitely go enough to kind of uh, brush up on my skills, if you will. So hurtful or inadequate parents, they raise children who are riddled with self-doubt and feelings of inadequacy and who go to be people pleasers, actually. First with their parents. They start there first because, you know, they, they got to please mommy and daddy. And then they do this with the rest of the world. Matter of fact, you see them at your job. They're the ones who are sucking up to the managers for no reason. Like it's a way to, to, to do things to, to, to show that you're in it to win it. But then there's the other way. People pleasers. We all seen them. We know who they are. I don't have to explain them. So, loving parents never make their children feel guilty for any of the love and care they're receiving. And never make the children feel responsible for taking care of the parents' emotional or physical needs. 
Now, those dysfunctional ones out there, I, I'm not going to say whether or not, I'm not going to confirm or deny if it was mine, but <laughs> dysfunctional parents, on the other hand, let their children know how burdened they've been by their children and how many sacrifices they had to make in order to raise them. Or they, there's the other hand of where they try to manipulate them with how sick and how broke they are. That's not at all what we want from you. Like, you reminding us of that doesn't really make it better, actually. You think that we not? Oh, you know, whatever. <laughs> but I, I will, uh, let's just say I'll later get into that in another episode. Um, healing from toxic parents doesn't start by telling them no. Healing starts by saying yes to yourself. That's where it starts. So the next thing that I want to talk about um, is I would like to talk to the parents who did a bang-up job. And I don't mean a bang-up in a good way, so pipe down. <laughs> don't start cheering yourself on right now. I'm about to slaughter you. I, I want to talk to the parents who put their fears onto their children. I remember when I was in the Navy, my dad said he didn't want me to go into the military the way that he went in and was actually pretty mad that I went in my own way and didn't come to my boot camp graduation. You know who showed up? My stepmother. Side note, that lady has showed up for everything that I have ever did in my life that was on an achievement status and my own... Father never did. That's a pain I would never be able to describe. It actually took years of healing for me. He once again took moments that I had in injecting his own fears of facing a woman he left to not be there for his daughter. Rewind that part again and listen to it. Matter of fact, I'll just say it. <laughs> He injected his fears of facing a woman that he left to not be there for his own daughter. Listen to how deep that is. Which I have to say, I now find to be the saddest thing ever. I have since healed from his constant rejection and pretty much let it go. And I'll talk about how to let it go towards the end of this. Not for him, though, but for me. I can't even mention my biological mother as she has her own demons and mental illnesses to battle. <laughs> it's still not an excuse for her, but it is her responsibility to see her trauma and get the help that she needs. Once again, I don't know if I have to remind you guys that this episode is not for the parents. It's for the children who had these type of parents. So... Many children who have experienced uh, trauma already feel as if no one understands their pain. They feel alone and they'll feel helpless. I heard as a child of caregivers or like close people who, uh, family members that were around us, they would say, I too went through this and I turned out just fine. Hear me on this, <laughs> okay? Stop saying that shit. It doesn't help. If you didn't know before, now you do. It's like 
getting a whooping as a child, that shit has to stop. It's slavery mentality. Like, oh, you know, I got beat as a child, so they'll be fine. No, that's, no, 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 no. That's slavery mentality. If your kids are being kids, leave them alone. Let them do kid shit. The worst thing for me is to not, is to see a parent not letting their kid do kid shit. I, I hate it. Because I wasn't allowed as a kid to do kid shit. So I don't like when I see other parents don't allow their kids to do kid shit. Whoever came up with that stupid ass saying that children was, should be seen and not heard was obviously talking about having your kids around a slave owner. Why have we taken that shit into the 21st century? It's almost like at that time it was, you can hear it even in the saying of like kids should be, they should be seen and not heard. It's almost like the kids, the sight of the kids were annoying. A few things happen when we say this to someone else's trauma. First, we give no validation to their pain and dismiss it. Anytime that you're like, oh, you know, you can do this, you'll turn out just fine. Yeah. <laughs> you're not giving any validation to their pain and, and you're just dismissing it. Secondly, we establish the belief that going through the trauma is normal and okay. It's not. Change that stupid narrative right now. Change that shit. That shit dumb. Thirdly, it's teaching our children to suppress their pain. Now, if you guys know anyone out there who has suppressed their pain, you know how much turmoil that they're in. Don't do that. Don't do that to these kids. Look how far that shit got them. <laughs> Lastly, it gives them feelings of unworthy and not being good or important enough. I have watched people fight for their parents' approval and run around in an insanity circle. That's what it looks like to me. Every time I hear somebody talk about that they're trying to like, get the approval of their parents, that's what I see them doing, just running around in this unnecessary, endless-ass circle that makes no sense. Just keep trying the same stuff to get their approval, and they can't see that they won't get it. Is it okay to say that your parents can be jealous of you and how far you come? <laughs> oh, oh, now you want to turn it off, huh? Okay, mm -mm. now, come back and sit down. Come on back in here <laughs> and sit down. You gonna listen to this. Let, once again, let children be children. I saw a quote that said, when the spoiled milk is splattered all over the floor and those little eyes are looking at you for your reaction, Remember what really matters. It takes five minutes to clean up spilled milk. It takes much longer to clean up a broken spirit. Listen, your children need you to heal. They need you to heal that part of you that gets triggered. So they don't have to take responsibility for healing your wounds when they grow up. That's not their responsibility. Um, let's go a, a little bit into like cultural drama, or I mean trauma, I'm sorry, and how generations of parents are instilling this in their kids. A common philosophy in the black community is regarding uh, work ethic. We, we all know this, you know, we must work twice as hard to be just as good as the next person. I, I, I read somewhere that 
this philosophy is based on cultural conditioning and lived experiences of our ancestors. Like I said, I need y'all to come on back. Just sneak on back in here into the 21st century. I forgot where I saw it at, but that's what I read. On any given day, an enslaved person would have to work from sunup to sundown. If they appeared fatigued or unproductive, they would be called lazy and would be beaten. Many parents today may not fear that their children would, you know, receive actual lashes unless you live in Singapore and you spit on the ground, your gum out on the ground or something, and yeah, you're going to get some lashes over there. They're going to get you some lashes over there. But the trauma from those experiences is embedded in our DNA. Another thing is during, a, during slavery, a parent would, they would downplay their children's intelligence or strengthen to like protect them from being seen as valuable and sold on the auction block. This, what's wild is that this particular practice can still be seen today in families where black parents may be proud of their kids' achievement and they are celebrated at home. Yay, look at you, always in your report card. But in the presence of mixed company, we know what mixed company is. They are downplay their children's talents so they aren't seen as a threat. So, when trauma is experienced as a child, we will hear adults say things like, he or she was so young when that happened, it's no way that they will remember when they get older. No, Susan, I remember that shit. <laughs> Childhood trauma has a lifelong effect, especially if it's not treated. And yes, we know that kids can be resilient, but they are not made of stone, people. Listen, I saw my dad do some unspeakable things to my stepmom that has stuck with me for years. It was actually very hard for me to forgive him. He probably thought I was taking his side. He, not his side, but he probably thought I was taking like my stepmom's side over his. But it was because I saw him do these things and I didn't want a person like that in my life. It had nothing to do with her. It was because as an adult, I was like, nah, no, 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 no. I don't need that type of person in my life. It, it, it's funny because it's, it's even translated in how he treated his daughters later on in life with the same bullying mentality. Going back to what I mentioned earlier about him not attending any of my achievements in life, like he never... Like, think about this. He never had to visit me in jail or even come rescue me from anything. The only thing that he had to do, his job as, as, as I was an adult, was just to bask in this greatness that I had. But instead, blamed me for wanting my stepmother to be there be, <laughs> um, besides him because he couldn't, he couldn't be in the same room with her. I want you guys to learn from my early turmoil. Instead of trying to get your parents to love and validate you today, you'll be better off facing the truth about them. Giving up your pointless attempts, just give them up at winning their love and focusing your attention instead on developing the self-love and self-confidence that your childhood deprived you of. Trust me, 
they don't change unless they either A, go to therapy where a licensed professional can help them or Jesus himself come down and tell them, hey, you might want to talk to your kids. They need to heal. <laughs> and I see, I don't see either one of those happening. I don't see either one of those happening. So, to the future parents that continue to parent with love, you have to take responsibility for your own healing. For those of you with small children, this is the time for you to use your children as little master teachers who were sent here to teach you things that you need in order to grow and to evolve. Yes, your children can teach you things. One thing you have to understand is that through many generations, you have forgotten the simple fact that we have put the responsibilities of our pain until children. It all boils down to the following questions like... Um, who are you doing this for? Who are you saying this to? And does this bother you because it's wrong or because your child shows you the unhealed parts of yourself that you don't wish to accept? <sighs> huh? <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I didn't hear you answer. There are many different ways in which a parent can put the responsibilities of their unhealed childhood until their children. So now let me talk to the parents who are single. So gather around, um, single parents, and uh, the ones who aren't really with the other parent anymore. Okay? I've heard and seen parents who compare their children to the other parent in a negative way. What we have to understand is that our spouses or partners are our biggest mirror. The thing about them that bothers us the most is the thing we need to heal the most within ourselves. Now, this can't be news to you, I'm sure. Can't be. You've had to have heard this some way, somehow, through a song maybe, who knows. They are our most direct mirror. Everyone's view of a person is only based on what is reflecting from their own emotional state. Comparing your children to their parent in a negative way not only puts the responsibility of the other parent's behavior on them, but it also brings like this unnecessary ass judgment. When we compare children to anyone, we are pretty much telling them that who they are and soon they will begin to behave the way that you're describing them to be and adopt that particular behavior as part of their own identity. It's a self-fulfilled prophecy, actually. Remember when I mentioned that they are a direct mirror? So that's your bad behavior, too. <laughs> Don't run. No, no, no. Come, come, come back. Come back. Come back. Yeah. Worst thing is that they accept this from a place of shame, judgment, um, resentment, creating feelings of unworthiness and anxiety towards themselves. Listen, children will mirror the behaviors that they see. 
So I see this in those little social media videos of children acting like adults in some way. And you can sometimes hear the parent in the background saying, I don't know where they get that from. They got it from your ass. <laughs> you know you snapped off on their mother or father. Don't play dumb with your own truth. You can't heal what you don't face. That's why it's important to show love in front of your kids so they can be loving children and better in this gruesome world that we live in. I remember seeing my parents yell at each other and call each other names. I thought this was normal in relationships. To be honest, I really did. I began to adopt this same particular behavior. I quickly realized this was not smart or cute. And I know that that's probably going to be hard for some people to believe who know me right now. If you know me in like the last like six years, <laughs> that is totally not me. I've learned much bigger and better ways of handling different situations. But I then went to, uh, you know, like I went the complete opposite way and said nothing. Like somebody would argue or whatever. I just wouldn't say a goddamn thing. I realized that that shit didn't work either. I know practicing coming from a place of love and understanding when talking to my significant other, you can ask them, actually. And they'll give you an example of what it looks like, what I like reciprocate in terms of coming to them with love and just coming from a, a different place. And that's something that I want to teach my future children. It's actually the most beautiful thing to learn. And it's the most beautiful thing to witness. So to go back, more than likely, both parents have the same behavior, but express in different manners. But nonetheless, still boils down to the same rooted issue. Energy seeks same energy. And since our partners are our biggest mirror, what they vibrate, you vibrate too. <laughs> so putting the responsibility of negative behavior on a child and casting judgment upon them only creates the negative emotions and feelings on the child and leaves you not addressing the actual root issue within yourself. The issue that is being shown to you through your partner's behavior. And furthermore, you are taking away the ability for the child to have his or her own identity. The same goes with comparing them to their other siblings, family members, or their friends. Every child is entitled to their own identity. They are their own beings and should not be compared to anyone because everyone is unique in their own way. If their behaviors remind you of someone, it is your responsibility to find out like why and what about it hurts you so much. So to the adults out there still struggling with childhood trauma, it is our responsibility to heal our childhood wounds, not to project our unsatisfied needs, trauma, and emotional distress on our children or future children, in my case. No one can make you feel any type of way unless you have given them the power to do so. In other words, a child should be able to have his or her own feelings and emotions without affecting your emotional state. 
Another popular one I've seen is when parents say that they are healing for their children and not for themselves. Oh yeah, you thought you you thought you had escaped. You thought you was that parent out there that had escaped all of it. No, 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 no. I'm coming for you. <laughs> From experience, I can tell you that my parents always said everything they did, they did for my sisters and me. They love spending money. And when they knew they shouldn't be spending money on dumb shit, they would say, I am doing this for my children so that they can have what I never did. But the reality is that we didn't know what having or not having was when we were little. They wanted to have things because they didn't have them as children. And in their own way, they were doing it for us in hopes that it would heal them. Not us, them. Listen, as a soul searcher now, that shit is wild to me. <laughs> That's absolutely wild to me. I've heard parents say, I let my children do this because I was never able to when I was a child. Here's the truth. That was your story. That was your experience in that time and place while you came to earth. It is not your child's responsibility to heal the traumas that created your present, nor to use them as an excuse to do so. When we say these things, what we are really telling our children is that it is their job to enjoy or appreciate these things for you because you never had it. It's their job. Wait. <laughs> like, are y'all serious? I know right now because I hit a nerve, you are trying to find out if I have children. Once again, nope, still don't. Did not get pregnant during this whole thing. Still don't. I was just a child once and I didn't forget it. Doing something for your children should not have a price they have to pay. Using this type of approach also causes parents to live their lives through their children, robbing the child of having their own experiences and uh, authenticity. So to take it even further and twist the knife I just put in your stomach, <laughs> some parents get really upset if their children do not appreciate what they have done or given them. Oh, I think I hit a nerve on that one. They take this personal and almost as an insult, <laughs> how dare you, which results in them shaming and judging their children. These children don't know what they have. They don't know what, what used to be. And back in my day, let me tell you something, back in your day, we don't give a shit. We don't. It happened. This is because the act wasn't done from a place of love. Yep, you thought it was, didn't it? Nope, here I am. Bursting your bubble, right in your face, all in your face. It was done in a connection to their own. No, you know what? I'm going to stop using there. It was done in a connection to your own unresolved feelings. And then you get upset when your children don't heal from them. Isn't that wild? <laughs> Isn't that wild that you get upset when your children didn't heal that for you. Now, that's a hard truth. Many parents are not going to accept 
from a childless mother. <laughs> I am a childless mother. However, it is one that once you do accept it, it can lead to a better relationship with your children and a better understanding of who they truly are and not who you want them or wish they would be. So let me, um, could you guys that, uh, you parents that have been, you know, giving your kid everything because you're trying to heal your own trauma, could y'all move y'all asses to the back and move all the adults out there with childhood trauma to the front so that I may speak to them for a second? Okay, so for you guys that have childhood trauma, two words that you need to do the most. And I know that you're not going to want to do it in the beginning. Give yourself some time. But those two words are let go. Let go. This is hard for some to do when it comes to, you know, children kind of letting go of their parents' inflicted trauma for some strange reason, we want to hold on to that pain because we believe that it gives us this false sense of power over them. And we believe that we're winning. <laughs> it's like seeing a loss as a near win. What? This is what it looks like when someone is uh, gambling. When I'm in Vegas, I, I watch people when, they are, when they're like gambling. And they can't walk away from the table because the last hand almost won. This is what that looks like. Perhaps, um, let's go a little further. Perhaps your mother or father sounds vaguely interested in uh, what you're doing or your sibling actually pays you a compliment. You're all full of hope. Sure, that a victory, you know, you, you are just, you know that a victory is like close at hand. It's, it's right in your grasp. They're realizing they're wrong about me. Mom will finally see me for who I am. Maybe the crazy nonsense is ending and my family will be normal. Listen, in the same way the pattern of rumination keeps us focused on difficult and painful situations and interactions, past and present, and it inclines us to replay history and second-guess ourselves rather than act and move forward. So, Start here in healing from your childhood. I want you to first recognize that it's not your fault. Self-blame, which is a default position. <laughs> it keeps you blocked and thinking that there's some flaw in you that you, uh, that you could fix and things will be fine. That does too. Realizing that you're not to blame brings with it that recognition that you cannot fix this on your own. Your parent or parents must cooperate. It's probably a lost cause for myself, but find out if your parents will help you in this. Another thing, don't, don't normalize abusive behavior that's physical or emotional. Children normalize the behavior experienced in their parent, in their families as a as a place of origin. And it's not uncommon for them to continue to do so as adults. Remember, because I got beat, you also gonna get beat, because I turned out fine. Don't excuse or become accustomed to verbal abuse either. First, register that it's happening, and then react calmly. 
and in a straightforward type of way. Listen, I got that down packed. <laughs> you have to first set rules about like how you wish to be treated. Even with a parent or relative, sometimes we can find that very hard, but you really have to set those rules. My significant other will tell you, I do not negotiate with emotional terrorists from anyone. Not a single person. I do not negotiate with emotional terrorists. Next, let's um, set some boundaries. I know you guys have been hearing that thrown around, setting boundaries. Did you know that you can also set boundaries for your parents? I ain't coming over there. I'm sick of coming over there. Like that little boy was on that video when he was in church. I hate this church. <laughs> Sometimes set those boundaries. Like that little boy set the boundaries for church. Set those boundaries with your parents. This is actually my favorite thing to do. I will set a boundary faster than you can say boundary. I ain't going to even lie to you. I ain't going to hold you. <laughs> I will. You will need to carve out that mental space to figure out how to manage the relationship. Do whatever you need to, to cutting down contact or limiting it to be able to do so. Another thing that I kind of want you guys to do is to build your emotional skill set. And, and what that entails is you trying to identify your emotions as precisely as you can. Like almost like going down to, okay, I'm feeling angry, I'm feeling happy, I'm feeling hungry, I'm feeling lonely, I'm feeling tired. It's an important part of emotional intelligence. Remember I told you guys that I was going to teach you about emotional intelligence? That's coming. And, and then you get to see that if you trace the source of your feelings, especially when you think about your relationship with your mother, father, or any other ruthless family member, work on separating guilt for shame, for example. You also have to do it with negative feelings about yourself as either deserving of poor treatment or undeserving of love. Manage your thoughts also. Rumination and worry can keep you totally stuck in a place. It was this guy named, um, shit, what's that fool's name? Um, oh, his name was Daniel Wagner. He did some research on intrusive thought, and it showed that, um, that trying to suppress thoughts only resulted in there being more persistence. So you need to try another technique because holding them shits in your brain ain't going to work. <laughs> they just ain't going to work. Okay? One thing that I remember him suggesting is to assign yourself a worry time. Like, you know, five minutes, 30 minutes. Just sit there and just worry. That's the only time that you can do it. Another one is to permit yourself to confront those intrusive thoughts that you're having and think about the worst case scenario. If those worries came true and how you would have to deal with them. Now, in my line of work, this is called, this is, this is something that's, uh, it, it, it's called ERP, exposure and response therapy. I would talk about this later and how it relates to anxiety in a whole nother episode later on. Guys, I hope this episode put a very large mirror in front of you as a parent or as an adult who went through trauma. In a mirror you couldn't step out of view of. I um, also hope that you find some type of healing starter and get yourself to therapy if you're struggling with any of these. Get your whole family into therapy. How about that? If you're on either side of this relationship, the child the, or the parent, 
it definitely helped me find me and forgive my parents, but not forget what they did because that's how I, I'm able to kind of set those boundaries and those rules. You know what, guys? Letting go is an art that is hard to learn, but it can be mastered. Until next week, you guys enjoy your Christmas and I'm out <laughs> because I'm tired. <laughs>